one more time. Record like ten minutes ago, but I was like, maybe not. That, that's when the magic happens. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's like it's a thing that we do. Like we just in, in there, we're in the midst of conversation, and then one of us just hits the record button, and we don't warn each other. We just do it, and then next thing you know, it's like oh. Oh, we're, okay. Yeah. Hey, welcome, welcome back to the Standby Moments podcast. You know, like it's uh here we are. We're doing the thing. We're actually recording though. Yeah, we we definitely are. We, de- so, we definitely are. So we're gonna do the. Who's gonna do that, the? There's that sound. Like, sh- sorry, everybody. You're gonna have to cut that out. My my teeth are oh, making I hear a, it. an S sound. Your teeth making a sound every week. We'll stop being so essy. Sorry, there a lot of S's in the world. I think there's a button for that. Let's see. You can fix that post. Yeah, because I'm a professional. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm so bad at it. All right. right. So are we going to do it? Yeah. How are we going to do this? Uh, Welcome. (laughs) Hey, Jeremy. Go. Wow, what's new? Hey, what? Well, so many things have happened <laughs> since our last recording. Well, since we last recorded, so much we don't even know where to start. We don't. When was the last last our last recording was uh, Highway ninety part two? So two weeks yeah. before Easter. Two weeks before that was two weeks. That was two weeks before Easter, oh, or was it three weeks before Easter? Yeah, it might have been. I it don't was, know. It was definitely before Easter, and it was two or three weeks. So since then, Easter has happened. Since then, Easter has happened. Okay. Wow. He has risen. He is okay. Good. Okay. We got another year of a Jesus whole being Jesus alive. Died and came back. A whole, a whole, did you say a film. whole Jesus? That's what he is. He is a whole. Yeah, the, He's not half of a Jesus. Nope. The whole thing. <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, how was Easter? Did everybody survive Easter? Uh, yeah, it was actually. I don't want to say calm, but it was calm. Yeah, it wasn't. Maybe crazy. I only experienced that myself. I think I'm just like getting used to what like the the process I would say. Of but what? I will say <laughs> the process of Jesus rising? Uh I should be dying used to that by and now. then happens every year. But uh no, just the process of like the, the production of Easter. Mm. Right? So You mean working for a church? Yeah, in a in a nice way, yeah. Um but I will say this time, I didn't put as much pressure on myself. Um, I just kind of did it. I wasn't, like, worried about anything. Um, at one point, I looked at Jeremy, and I said, Jeremy, can I be honest with you? And he said, yeah. And I said, I don't want to do this. <laughs> she did say that. And I echoed that and said, yeah, me neither. I think go I home? went home after that. I went <laughs> home for a little bit. I just walked away. And I was like, I can't. I don't want to. There's so much pressure that comes yeah. into, like... The production of Easter. And Chris, sorry, can I interject? Yeah. 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 Production of Easter, Christmas, all the holidays. It's yeah. pressure when you work at a church. Oh, for yeah. sure. It's wild. Um, well, first, let's. Who's this voice sorry. we have? <laughs> sorry. Yeah. It's a magical interject. voice. It is a magical should, voice. Yeah, we should definitely introduce. Because uh, I'm going to interject. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Hello, Jamie, poor thing. He was on it for like 30 minutes before we even mentioned his we name. We just kept talking to him and like asking him questions, but he would just like shake his head or not because we told him not to talk we until we Shut your mouth, Jamie. Oh, oops. He did good. Oh, it was good. But uh, today we have the lovely Melissa Bowen. Hey, hey, Melissa. Melissa. Uh, uh, background. I'm going to get this wrong, and I just asked you, so you're a... Licensed professional counselor. Hey, yes, we and need that in our lives. What's crazy is is that I know Melissa mostly from the theater. Um, my first introduction to Melissa was Mamma Mia, <laughs> yes. the second part two. Was mm-hmm. that was that the one that we went to? Yes, y'all. Went that was to your it. first time meeting Melissa. Mm-hmm. That with y'all, we I met Melissa with y'all. <laughs> like I had oh, well, seen her on knew. stage all week, and then <clears throat> I was standing there and y'all You're, were talking to her. You are such a grump. You don't like people. <laughs> I'm not. Why? It's not grumpy. She's just shy at first. Are you shy? Or she's just in her spot. I just don't want to. <laughs> I'm just like I'm behind the light board. I'm just doing what I'm doing. Like I don't need to go and talk to ever. If I went and talked to everybody, I wouldn't get the show done, right? <laughs> like, and they're busy. Um, 
but it was nice meeting you and now we're friends. Yes, very much so. I look forward to seeing you everywhere. (laughs) Um, It was just, yeah, that was the first time. So, uh, those two worlds are interesting that you're a counselor and also you do theater. How Mm -hmm. did you get into theater? If you don't mind me asking. Oh yeah, no, that I started doing that when I was little and like 13 years old, my first musical as a senior in high school in new Orleans. And it's just always been a love and passion for me. And, um, I moved to Seattle for a while and did some theater there. I tried, I thought I was going to try to do it professionally, but then I realized that is too much pressure, pressure and stress. Um, so I just like, I'll just get a job and I know I'm going to do theater just cause I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, too that's much how pressure. I met but then you decided to be a counselor. That's the next level. And yet I love it. Um, and I, that it's a second career for me. Even counseling is a second career. I started, um, when, yeah, that was like a bass guitar. <laughs> I am all about the drama. Um, but when I was 39, I lost my last restaurant job and I went back to school at UL and got the masters. So it's a second career you for me and I love it. A restaurant job. Yeah. Hurricane Katrina came. I was working at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, the corporate office. Um, mm-hmm. and the day after Katrina, they moved to Florida and I was in new Orleans at the time. And they said, you have your jobs, but they're now in Florida. And so I tried doing that for a while, commuting, I mean, yes, to Florida. But all of us were kind of rebuilding in New Orleans. And I was like, this isn't going to work. So now what do I want to do with the rest of my life when I grow up? So what did you do for Ruth Chris? I was there. I've been in restauranting for 20 years. So I was their um, executive assistant to their chef that was over the whole chain. So we bought the meat, we made the recipes, we farmed it out to all of the the chains of the restaurant, and we were over all the quality and recipes of the restaurants. Melissa. Oh, I know. So you cook? Like you, no. You're just like, <laughs> assistant. I, I, I helped the man who do cooked. You, do okay. you have the recipes? I do. Oh, I do still have all the recipes. Oh, okay. Where does this podcast go? Because they don't know. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, I had to make the book, so I have I have all the recipes. Stop. No one, uh, no one of uh, famous importance will listen to our podcast. It's fine. At least not for the next two years. Okay. We're still working on being the number one podcast in Apple. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. End of year goal. End of year. <laughs> um, we can if we're missing deadlines. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I counseling is a second career. But so I know. Dang. Yeah. But not oh. just counseling. Counseling, coaching. And coaching, yeah. Some I do workshops and uh, I teach organizations. I do some team development for companies and things. And, and then I have my individual clients. So, how did you pick this career? I had counseling myself after I lost the job and I was like, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? I had a counselor myself and she, and a coach and she kind of walked me through things that I loved, what I loved about my past jobs, what I didn't like, what did it look like? And through a process, it just kind of whittled it down that I loved being a resource because this is everything I was in the restaurant industry too. And she helped me identify it in all my other jobs, what I loved and didn't like. I loved being a resource. I loved being a help. Um, I liked working one-on-one with people, kind of being a teacher too. And then we just kind of whittled down some, um, industries and professions. And then I started testing out the waters, took some classes and that class took, and then I realized I wanted to take more and went for the master's degree. So. Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's awesome. Just kind of so evolution. You can do anything. It doesn't have to be right out of, uh. Right out of, uh, out of, people think you, that your first choice or your first job is what you have to end up in forever. Not That's at crazy. all. Not at all. Nothing is permanent. And when you evolve, even like, you know, as I'm talking to y'all in, in the age demographic that y'all are in, you're going to evolve too. your interests, your desires, your talents, and it's okay to make changes, mm-hmm. um, and, and follow whatever calling you have. So, yeah. So you already had a degree at that point. So you just got your uh, second degree, a master's. The master's. Mm-hmm. I already had a bachelor's in like communication or something. So did you have to do cert- certification for the coaching side of it? No, coaching is an unregulated industry at the moment. Um, so I already had the state license to be a counselor, but coaching does not require that at all. Um, which is a little bit of concern also. That's a loaded topic we don't have to go into, but no. Like your, your, um, 
yeah, anybody you meet can just say, yeah, I'm going to be your new yoga coach or I'm going to be your beard growing coach. You know, (laughs) there is no regulation of it. So you just have to be careful with who you work for and and make sure that they have credentials that you. uh, I signed up to be a coach. Yeah, come on. I signed up to be a John Maxwell coach, paid for the class, paid for the certificate and everything. And I've done nothing with it. But wait, you're not by the mic. Use the mic. You got a mic. You can move forward now. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's on my to-do list. Yay. Yeah, so you have a credential, and that tells people like what your skill is, what your interest is, what your talents are, and use that. That's what any kind of credential can do. So, yeah, go do so, that. Okay, I Dude. got more questions. I got more questions. That's why we're here. Go well, ahead, So, ask how does it – okay, not, I'm not assuming, nor am I saying, projecting here. <laughs> okay. But I'm pretty much a hot mess all the time. Aren't How can all? I be a hot mess and be a coach? Because I you can't co- barely get my stuff together. Well, um, from what I learned, because look, we're all hot messes. But no, Amen. no counselor, no coach, no pastor, no nobody is perfect, and so we're all um, counseling from the things that we know and we get skilled in, um, and so they're. Kind of like, I mean, can I use scriptural references yeah, to you? Okay. Um, so there's always going to be like a, um, a Peter, somebody above you that you're going to learn from. and a, a, Or is it Barnabas and Timothy? Yeah. Okay. There will always be someone you're going to learn. Paul. That you will learn from and someone that you are going to train because you are at least a couple of steps ahead of someone else. And you can coach that person mm. in, the, in the skills that you have learned and gain knowledge on so like even y'all as a new podcast you would be able to tell somebody here's how we started here's how you can get started here's where the mistakes that we made and so you learn the skills that you continue to employ so Mm. yes you can fully coach from where you are so i need to go find a rookie is what you're telling me yeah and you will somebody who's gonna learn from you Mm. yeah and you keep doing the work you as you you are you will be the example of the work that you do that we're all still working to do the things that we want to improve on Mm. and that makes you a success story in it it's interesting to me uh like people like you and jeremy um and kind of whitney because y'all are very good at like helping others and explaining and teaching and like you want to take somebody under your wing compared to me i have no desire (laughs) whatsoever (laughs) to really help like not to not help people, right? But to just like take, like to have somebody there. I'm very much like self sufficient, uh, and but it 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 stinks because like I want to be able to train people, right? Like the the problem right now is in my job or whatnot. There needs to be more of me, and mm-hmm. I need to. Tra- everybody's like, Mikey, you need to train somebody. You need to train somebody. And I'm like, I am the worst at teaching explaining and like whenever somebody's around and they're like well can i learn i'm like you can follow me around but i can promise you i'm not going to explain anything unless you ask me i'm like please ask me because i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you anything uh i'm horrible at it and i also like counseling like i this is horrible say i feel like i just i don't not that i don't care about people i care about people a lot but i don't have enough capacity to like help them through their problems. And I don't want to like, uh, my friends, I will listen to them talk and like, I want to help them, Mm -hmm. but I'm just like, I don't know how, like all I can do is sit here and go, that sucks. And here's the beauty of it, Maggie. You don't have to, cause I don't want to do what you do. I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a teacher. I don't, there's a ton of things that I'm not gifted for and we don't have to, but you embrace who you are and then you operate how you are. That makes you perfectly and beautifully you. Thanks. Dang. I can continue being myself, Jeremy. Thanks. Yes. Not grumpy. I'm me. Yes. And you, you. when you need to train someone. I'm so glad we have a counselor on this podcast. (laughs) Then you, and you know how you operate. You tell them how you operate. You inform them. Like, I'm not going to babysit you. I'm not going to like step-by-step micromanage you. So ask questions, shadow me, and then maybe I'll watch you do it. But then you can at least (laughs) form people. Here's how and who I am. Yeah. Now we can be in relationship with each other as we are and not have all these expectations that ruin everything thing for us yeah and it's also i tell people i'm like uh i want you to read my mind it's my fault and my boyfriend knows this i told him i said i want you to be able to read my mind and whenever you don't i'm gonna get angry and you just have to check me on it because it it is what it is um and i i always joke i think i, I always use the, the phrase like it comes from whenever working with my dad whenever he was like give me a screwdriver but he wanted me to have the screwdriver in my hand before he asked for it to like help him with the car and i'm like crying i'm like okay <laughs> like in that whole scenario but that's how i just 
operate. And like, I will tell people, I'm like, you have to be two steps ahead of me. And I'm sorry about that. And just tell me like, you I don't, don't know, know what you're talking about. You have no idea what direction I'm going, but you need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's very interesting when people aren't like that. And I wish that I had some of those qualities. Yeah. Okay. Can I, and you may not want any part of this. I'll just, you know, just to check something, we don't have to go too far Bring in it. There is no such thing as that's just me. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing. Um, cause yeah, I tell my husband to read my mind all the time, but the fact is we don't know anybody that does. Yeah. Um, but when we rely back on, yeah, well, that's just me. Oh, well, um, that is a farce and a lie you're telling yourself because we can learn how to at least operate and function and communicate and relate to the people that we're with when it matters and when it's done out of love and not pressure or expectations because it will make a difference. Um, then, then you know, like, okay, so maybe you like to use words. I will try to use my words too so that you don't have to um, <laughs> read my mind and so that you don't have to be angry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we can learn things, but mm. that's all I'll say about that. Cause I, I am working on it. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm that's trying all my best. That's all we're all doing. Yo, we're 15 minutes in and it's already so deep. <laughs> like we are there. I, Cause I just go there. I so y'all need to like rein me in. Love no, that. Okay. Well, I will say I like have, so watch you not. I think my, our relationship, words. we knew each other. <laughs> I know words. our relationship. We knew each other before. Um, you really started working for CYT and the Bayou, but it wasn't as deep as it is now. And I've just, as I've gotten to know you over time, um, I've definitely seen changes where you are, uh, probably you don't realize that you are teaching a lot more than you think. And you are a lot more showing mm-hmm. your care than you realize, I think. So I just want you to yeah, know that yeah. it's happening. No, maybe so. Can yeah. we talk? I've been, I've, like I said, I've been working on it. You, you're doing great, Maggie. Can we Don't talk say that about after you just told me that I'm grumpy all the time? It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're not doing better. <laughs> we were bickering before we got here. <laughs> Can we talk about the the version of Maggie that we experienced for Easter week last week? Oh, is, is it okay <laughs> no, with Maggie? We're not. <laughs> okay, come then on, no. Maggie. She said no. <laughs> you were no. in next level last week. All was, my closest friends. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> I would have to say that's a growth. I just want to acknowledge that I was a performance major before <laughs> I was a tech, and so we won't go further than that. Okay. Melissa, you know theater. Uh, yes, Book of Mormon. You like it? I embarrassingly love it. Yeah. Well, let so, do, so do the other people sitting in this room. That's not me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Jeremy will just say it was up in a lift and had no control over None. what we were playing in the, it in was the main basically torture. <laughs> it was awesome. It was good. Uh, yeah, no, we don't need to, we don't need to go into that. All right. Well, it was, it was an exhaustion, uh, Working in my bones. We will respect your boundaries. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. Yes. yes ma'am. We've, never had, we've never had somebody in that position stop our, our animals our, talking. Our, our banter. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so it's really interesting to me that you do what you do and you're also into acting. And I think we've talked about this before because I get really interested in um, like acting, you're kind of going into another person, another mm-hmm. character, and you kind of have to like analyze that that person, what they would do or whatnot. So it's really interesting to me that you you do those two things. Uh, and I never really connected that because I honestly I just do theater. It's such a release of fun for me, and um, but I do love playing different characters. Like I'm in two shows right now that I get to be somebody that's very different from myself, mm-hmm. um, and that's super fun. It's, uh, there's a lot of, I don't know if you ever, I I'm talking about this cause I wanted to talk about, I made it, I put it on my list cause, and I researched it a little bit before I came here. But like I said, I was a, a major in theater. So I took a lot of like directing classes and whatnot. And they, we go into a lot of philosophy of like where, like styles of directing, like where those styles came from. Cause there's so much history behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, so I, the, the experience of like, getting into a character there's many different ways there's like the method acting that everybody knows of and then there's like the just chill like way and all these different like methodologies behind it um and i whenever i met you i was like that's it's crazy to me because like usually usually actors whenever they've been in somebody else's mind for a while and i mean we're talking about people who do like 
professional, like deep. That's all they yeah. do. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's just really interesting to me. And there's like a director who his philosophy is like actors are supposed to be treated like children because their minds are meant to be molded into the person that they're playing. They don't need to deal with anything else except like dealing with the problems of the person that they're playing. And it's, it's very, but that will make a person go crazy. Right. Like obviously. So it's just very interesting that you exist in both of those worlds to me. And when you were saying, I mean, I know I say the word boundaries. I will say the word boundaries a lot. But even that, because like you, you think of the actors who have got so immersed in their roles that it affected them mentally and with their families. What's his face, the Joker guy, right? Yeah, Heath, that, that, was Heath, Heath Ledger. Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger, yeah. Um, so you do have to be careful to have your boundaries. Know where you begin and where something else ends mm-hmm. or and vice versa. Um yeah, and it's interesting to work with different directors who how they try to get you into a role or what they try to help you embody a role. Um, with Mamma Mia was the first time working with Aaron Chasson and Melissa, and Aaron did an exercise with us. It's like um, describe this person. It's almost like what do they eat? How do they have you know how are the, how do they make friends? And what are the three words that describe them? And how deep do you go in it so that you can embody it as much as possible to get out of yourself so you don't see me or whoever as an actor, but you see the role that you're playing instead. And that kind of helps too, because I mean, as an actor, you you do some awkward stuff that you wouldn't normally, you're not normally doing things. Um, And so there's lines where you can, you know, cross that you wouldn't normally do. So you did lessons or went to school for this? No. So self-taught like over the years? Yes. I would say self-taught by... Um, mistakes or just like, well, that didn't work or, you know, cause really honestly, y'all since, since mama me, mama Mia was like my first lead role. Like, no, not like it was, um, I've just been in ensembles and, and I shouldn't say just cause that's always been like so fun for me. But, um, because of mama Mia, some people like talk to me differently, mm-hmm. um, as if like, I'm some actress, <laughs> you know, even though, like, that's why y'all have me on here. And that's how I met y'all. But, um, but that is not who I have ever seen myself to be because I'm, uh, in the chorus line. Yeah. Um, so well, it's interesting I forgot the question that made me nervous. I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the question self-taught. Oh yeah, no, just from doing it, you know, like you, you, you screw up a, an audition, you learn a better way. You meet somebody else. They say they do this. You hear somebody doing something. You think, Oh, I can do that. I can do that song or that monologue or yeah. So it's, it's just like learning by osmosis. Interesting. Well, it's and like you were just saying, it, you in Mamma Mia was probably some people's or majority of people's first like introduction Introduction. to you Mm -hmm. so they're automatically gonna like associate with you that's like uh, a lot of like i go back to actors but like people that you just see them in one role like harry potter for example like they'll always always, be that person because we've never met them in real life yeah we just don't know who they are but like since then i know that you're not that role yeah um but most people who went and watched the show will never talk to you in that outside yeah. of, of that capacity. So it's really interesting. I don't mind living with the legacy of Donna Sheridan. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great legacy. But I will say like working with, um, Joshua and Aaron and Melissa and I can see the, and, and the classes of CYT, I can totally see the value of getting taught. Mm-hmm. Um, like that will further your craft and your, uh, uh, development so much better if you actually go invest in it that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just always been a hobby for me. So, <clears throat> so what is I it? Live. Yeah. So like, what is it about the, the show that really brings you to it? Like what, what, what part of it is gets you excited and <laughs> you got notes? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my list, my mental health list of why I love it because, okay. So what draws me, and that is an interesting question, Jeremy, because I have a friend who is drawn to it for a very different reason. And mm. I didn't understand that, that there were these differences because it's not really about the performance for me. Like there isn't a beautiful energy that comes when the crowd is there and they're appreciating for whatever it is that the whole, all the work that everyone has done, but what I realized, the thing that I love is 
the rehearsing in the community and the family building up until then. Um, the trying something, the learning, the getting it better, the getting it good. And then when you, you know, achieve it, um, meeting like I, in this, the show that I'm in rehearsal for right now, I've met a new friend and I know this woman now and she's now a friend and she will be a part of my community now. And I just met her mm. a couple months ago. Um, how I met all of y'all, you know, I just delight in the, I guess the community of it, um, and the hard work and yeah, I, I could do singing and dancing like I do that in my house so that, that, that I would do that in, yeah so that's probably what I like because I've never done a play I think I did a play in college because I had to but I've never done a play really? so yeah um, so there's something just about music I think that I love well and it's interesting this is another topic we were talking about going to talk about um, I know that so you talk you enjoy the community and it's crazy how close you get with that community of people so quickly. Like you you meet a first time sometimes in a rehearsal mm-hmm. room and then you have to kind of force yourself to instantly become comfortable with this group of people and be very vulnerable uh, to them. And then you spend months with them and then you do a very high stakes thing. Like they say that performing is up there with like mm-hmm. public speaking is the same as being locked in a tank with a shark for some people. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. You do this very high intense moment, this very like emotional thing. And then like, you don't see them mm-hmm. like, sometimes again, like the, the your, your group disbands mm-hmm. and there's like, they talk about post show, like depression Lows. Mm-hmm. where like, you're just not around people that are like supporting you as much as you were and all that stuff. So it, it's a uh, really, really a, uh, emotionally tolling process sometimes. Yeah, and you said the word why I think um, theater does create the effect that it does. It's full body vulnerability. Everyone is thrown into exposure immediately. You're being asked to do something that's awkward um, outside of your comfort zone. And so that alone is risky. That's vulnerability. And that's the only thing that creates true connection. Mm. Um, and so you're all doing the same act of vulnerability. Uh, and so you, you create a bonding and a connection that is um, more authentic than if we would have met outside of those circumstances. And so then the unfortunate part is that it is so time limited. It does become just this little treasure that you end up being nostalgic for because it is never duplicated. Yeah. You think about your high school graduation, you know, your pod from high school or, or something from your memory. It's like, that's never going to be like that again, ever. And so that's what makes it precious. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe why, at least theater people, why they go from show to show because it, it is, uh, it reinforces itself that, that community. I got to tell you, that's, that is such a great line and great thought because that, um, you know, when you go on your first mission trip, I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. I went to South Africa for my first overseas mission trip and nothing will ever be able to recreate that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so hard because in those pods, in those experiences, those, you know, uh, seasons, I guess, how do you process through that, uh, Except that it's never going to be mm-hmm, the same, mm-hmm. but look forward to what it will be again. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Like how does that's? I mean, it's a bigger picture than just theater. It is or a production or whatever. But I mean, that's something I think about often. I've got a friend or a couple of friends who, you know, are, are in transition and they are they're sad about what they're what's not there anymore, mm-hmm. and it's they find it hard to transition to what's new. Um, and I did that. I mean, when I, when, when I saw the reality of, of high school ending in that season of my life, which was a tough one, um, to say the least, I was, I was very alone and a very, and I had, I had close friends that God just delivered to me, right? Mm -hmm. It was was a sweet community. And then I saw in the distance it falling apart Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget. I mean, what I wanted to do was, uh, because this is the season of life I was in was very much a uh, just stay alive. What do you call survival? Mm-hmm. And so, 
<laughs> my best friend at the time. He's really my brother. I uh, when I realized like he's gonna go to college, I'm gonna go to college. I'm not as smart as him. You know, I'm like I'm going to full sail. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I said we got to end our friendship now. And he said, what? I said we're not gonna keep. We're not gonna stay friends. I'm moving. To, I'm moving to Florida. You're gonna be here. Like we can't be friends anymore. I, that's it. I, I'm. I gotta be done. I'm gonna with stay all at your. Nothing. I'm gonna stay at your house and eat your food. But we can't be friends anymore. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. But I. Be- it was so because hard. it would hurt too much. It was mm-hmm. so it's so painful, and even like now when people leave me, I still feel that like I need um, ask Maggie. With we already talked about this in one of the podcasts, but I have a grieving process. Yes, and it and it hurts, and it's like I just want to hurt back. But in the same process, like I'm grateful for that season, and but I'm a, I am afraid of and exhausted already thinking about the next part does that make sense yeah it's like it's so gosh it's such a thing well and so jeremy you said two of the three words that i was gonna how i was gonna answer your question of how do you do something like that so i should be a counselor yes let's go back to school dude um so one is grieve it and that could be a whole podcast of itself of what Mm. grieving really is because it's really the only emotion that does not get better um you just have to get through it you take care of yourself in it. You just grieve. And so that's however you need to, whether it's you share with friends or you hole up for a little bit or you cry or you journal, you whatever, grieve it. And then embrace it with the gratitude. So you, you it, then it becomes something that you appreciate and um, you value. And then you let it become information for what's next. Why did I love it? Why did it fill me? What mm. do, what is that? So, cause then it informs something that brings me alive. And so then I'll go look for and create other things moving forward. Maybe I loved the service of it. Maybe it was the friendship. Um, and so you you let it inform the your next experience, whether that's for a season or something you want to develop for a lifetime. But you, I guess you have to really adjust your your expectations, right? I think because that's a big part of it's never going to be this. It might be similar, but it won't be the same. Yeah. And that, I think even like again, my the people in my in my sphere, people I have. I guess counseled, you know, uh, just as a friend or, you know, ministry in a, in a ministry moment or whatever. Um, it's a lot of times it's always talking about the expect, like setting that expectation of, no, you're right. It will never be the same, but it doesn't mean it won't be good. Good. Yeah. And that it's, it's so hard to differentiate those because you're like, but this was good. It was, and the next one will be good as well. Mm-hmm. It just will look different, mm-hmm. but it's like set, it's setting that and then remembering it over and over, and then it's, it's almost picture it like little trophies on a mantle, like and all these little relationships or mm-hmm. experiences, like like you know, like Christmas twenty twenty three for uh, for me for twenty twenty two three hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but but you know we've talked about that several times on the show, but for uh, I mean, and did, you went this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like that. For me, was one I'll never, you know, it will always be a core memory, if nice. you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so sad when it was over. Yeah. Well, and also, I think it's not even uh, looking at what next, because like sometimes you're like, it's like a situation where I, I see myself sitting there and then you have like a group of people and people leave that group and new ones come mm-hmm. in and it's like this evolving thing. Um, and it's very, I find it very difficult to. It's like when somebody leaves, it's sad. Um, but trying to let somebody new in is very mm. like hard, mm-hmm. right? Because you're like, um, and I explained this to somebody because it, it it boils down to like even whenever I go to a theater, like during show week, I'm with those people. We're we're discussing, right, and we're talking and talking and talking. And then you go home and like to talk to like Tony, my boyfriend about it. I don't want to, because I'm like, I'm, ex- I'm tired. Number one, I'm tired of talking, but number two, we've just done, like, I can never tell you everything. Um, and there has been so much language that we've spoken. It's like the inside joke thing, right? Like there's just so much that we've, we've done together now and talked about to let somebody in and to fill them in on that experience is hard. So you're almost that person starting from scratch on top of just like this large built relationship between a group of people. So it's like, it's hard for both parties involved. Yeah. Right. And then sometimes you're the one who has to go into this group of people who have been 
doing it for forever and then you're trying to push in but there's there's resistance mm-hmm. um and it's that grieving process where you're like i don't fit in uh i don't know if i'll ever fit in I, i'm like i'm sad and all this stuff until you can push through uh that part and then you you've you've built up enough time there that you it's evolved um that whole process it's very hard to, yeah. to go through um, talking about like sharing it with the people who are outside of that. Know this: um, he's not, or our other people, our significant others, are not meant to have that experience. Mm-hmm. You, we don't have to um, clue them in on everything because they. You're right; they're not a part of it. So we can share with them from our experience because the relationship we're building with our significant others is different. Mm-hmm. So I can share with you uh, um, the vulnerability piece of why this is delightful to me, and I'll share with you so that our this relationship, as I point to my left, um, is this <laughs> relationship. Um, but it's he's not meant to be in that relationship, the one to the right. But he's in the relationship with you, and so you share why this is special. You don't have that, you know. You don't, it doesn't have to be integrate fully integrated to be good. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's. So I think that's what I love so much about Corey and I's relationship. We share a lot of those same experiences. Mm-hmm. It's different, right? Like you and Tony, for instance, it's like he's he's a cook. I mean, he's he's got the he's creative in a different way, uh, but doesn't live in the tech world. And like Corey, thankfully, lives very much in the same world that I do. We met in this world mm-hmm. in a sense, but even still. She doesn't quite get all of those experiences with me because she can't spend as much time in. But that's hard. It's like, man, I want her so badly to be in all the conversations and do all the things. And she very much is in on many places. Mm-hmm. But then there is a little bit, you know, once once we had kids and we got to take you know, there's those responsibilities and she's got her own work. And um, but it's like I will say, like, I love that about my significant other, my relationship with my wife, is that she does get to share a lot of that. I can't imagine, you know, thinking about having a significant other that is not in that world. Isn't in mm-hmm. that world or doesn't appreciate it. It puts empathy quite that way. it put it needs to put empathy in practice. Cause mm-hmm. so the thing about empathy is um we connect on the emotion underneath a circumstance. Mm. We don't uh, you know, um I may not um experience um uh, p- parenting uh, divorce, addictions, uh, the way somebody else will, but we can connect on the emotions of it. And that's the definition of empathy that we're mm-hmm. connecting on similar emotions mm-hmm. and not the actual circumstances, but y'all, but y'all being in the same world like that. Yeah. It, it has a great benefit that, you know, the language and you know, that makes it a little bit easier well, or, yeah, you just said, convenient. um, language. Cause it's interesting too, that, um, Oh gosh, let me get my, my train of thought here. So I, there's probably other professions that are like this. Uh, I just know this profession of that whenever like I go home or like, um, like if I invite, invite Tony with our theater group of friends, right? It's always a situation where like, usually people who aren't in that world don't know anything about it. They sit there and they're like, we don't, I don't have no clue what y'all are talking about. Right. Like we're talking about either shows that are, you know, of, and it's a very niche topic to talk about, or we're talking about tech, which is a very specialty topic Mm -hmm. to talk about. And so like, you're, you're talking a language with some group of people, like nothing else, like stage right, bare minimum of stage right, stage left, close the curtains, you're behind the legs, like just conversations that happened. Give me an XLR cable plug in. Like (laughs) that's just, it's not normal talk. So to bring somebody in and to just like expect them to, to converse with a group of people who had their own language of talking uh, Mm -hmm. is extremely hard. And it makes, it makes me feel bad almost. Cause I'm like, I don't want to drag you along and you just sit there. Right. And usually Tony's like, I enjoy it. Like I I enjoy watching y'all. As long as that's clear. Yeah. And I'm like, as uh, yeah, as long as you enjoy it, I'm fine. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hurt if you're like, I don't like, I'm, I'm okay. Not going. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, uh, it's very hard to, to bridge those gaps uh, of even like going to work and then transitioning to the language of talk at home yeah, uh, yeah. and just like taking it down a notch. Uh, but like the same thing happened where he'll talk about things. I'm like, I don't I have no clue. <laughs> it, it, and he'll talk to him and be like, 
this person did this on the line. And I'm like, I don't know who that person is. Like, I, I, I have no idea. So it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting to bridge that gap. But I, I also, uh, most of my friends, actually all of my like best friends are in this world. And I don't think that I can have a significant other in this world because it would be like too much. Mm-hmm. I would constantly be in this world and it need, you need to be pulled out sometimes because yeah. yeah. it's not, it's, it's very, very so that's Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually what I was going to ask next is like, because of all of that, it's so important. It's so important to create boundaries because when work when done, work's done, it needs to be done, mm-hmm. and it's so hard, especially for people like us because we are dedicated to the craft. Whether it's even even if it's just for like for you, Melissa, it's just a it's something you enjoy doing. It's a, it's a side thing per se. Mm-hmm. It's not how you make your money, so you're not living in it every day. But it's like your desire is to always be. It's still fun. Mm-hmm. And then people like us who we live in it, and we do it, and we eat it, and we breathe it, and we smell. You know, like. But like, I love fishing. I love to go fishing. I love to be outdoors. I love to go. You know, I yeah. like. I love to go hunting, and I think like creating those. I don't know, those healthy bound it it's so difficult. And they have to be intention I think intentional. Yes. yes. Um, because otherwise if you wait till you feel like you need this other thing, then then something is already spent on the other side. But it's like a budget of time. Yeah. But so if you're intentional about it, then you know, I'm gonna cut this off. I am gonna go home. I'm not gonna go to that aftercast party or something mm-hmm. or dinner. Um or Which is hard when you have FOMO. Yes, there's that. <laughs> um, but or I'm I'm gonna shut this off work. I'm gonna shut this off and go do something else that will fill me so that I have the energy for the next thing of work. Yeah. yeah. And can I say something too? My husband and I. So when when we when I do after show things, we have three. There's three options. Don't come, and I will tell him when I'm. Like when that's like, don't, it's just like, don't, um, (laughs) I say it much more loving than that. Sure. sure. Um, uh, come and please know that I'm not talking to you. Like I'm not going to, um, facilitate all the conversations. And so he knows it's totally up to him or come and just be an observer. Like, because that's just the nature of, you know, those um, environments, even with like social parties or something. It's like, no, this is not the thing that you want to come to. Or this is the thing you can come and I'll even introduce you. I'll like make efforts. Yeah. Um, so it's important that we uh, use our words, you know, and tell them like what is really like, what am I feeling? And if you want to come, just know here's where I'm at. You can come, but yeah, you, you're going to be ordering your own nachos and I don't know what's going to be happening <laughs> over there. <laughs> no, I love that. That's, that's crazy. That's great yeah. advice. Cause I think in my mind, I was saying that too, <laughs> but he's not reading <laughs> your not mind. That clear. <laughs> okay. But see, here's the thing. If Tony ever listens to this podcast, he's going to be like, yes, <laughs> he's gonna, I need to talk to Melissa for a second. <laughs> no, he needs to talk to Cody. <laughs> because it, yeah, I, my husband, I tell, I do tell him, I say, I don't know how to use words. And I say, don't come. And then he gets upset. And I'm I'm like, it's because I know that it's not, I I don't want to come fishing with your friends. Like (laughs) it's not, there will be other things that are more appropriate and, and be more inclusive and integrated. Exactly. Yeah. Cody showed up at one time, one time. And I was like, Hey, and I, what are you doing here? I think that's exactly what my face like was like. Hey, and he kissed me. I was like, "Are you staying?" Is what I said. Dang. I know. It's, it's Nothing cruel. says love no, like that. I, I cut you off. What'd you say? No, that's. I, I was done. It's just. I do the same thing. He uh, he needs to talk to your husband because he'll walk in. I'm like awkward almost. I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, sit so down and watch the show. I gotta share you. This is the flip side. This is me, right? You're like, yes, I don't please. know, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> The first time I introduced Corey to my family, I don't know the majority of them. Like I've known them for years as people, individual. But I don't know their a lot of their names. So our family gatherings are pretty large. So we pull up to the the compound, and I looked at Corey and I said, "Hey, so um, if you survive this, we're gonna work out." <laughs> and she said, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "I don't know majority of these people." So when we get out of the car. You do what you do, and I'm going to go do what I do. And I'll never forget. She just looked at She's like, uh, okay. But that's Corey. 
right? Mm-hmm. And before when we left, Corey's like, okay. So here's the lineage of your family. And she's like, this person belongs to this person. This person's name is this. And, you know, like, she has no problems at all to just do. And she wants to, this is the flip side. Like, she wants to take me to her parties. I'm like, no, I'm not interested. You know, like, she, and, and she does she does that to me. She's like, you don't want to go to this one. Or you want to go to this one. Normally, I don't want to go to any of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, And she's, you know, but... It's it's so funny to be like I'm the receiving side of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Where as when when it's with me, she's invited to everything I do because it's a lot of the same people and a lot of the you know the same conversations. And she absolutely can be a part of any conversation. But then she takes me to fancy places where I gotta like shave and put on a jacket. I'm like I'm out. No, <laughs> hey, at least your boundaries are clear. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to that. Well, it, it, so to, uh, speaking on this tonight, me and Tony are going to Moulin Rouge at the Sanger in New Orleans, and I think I'm not even excited for the show. Like I am excited for the show, but I'm excited because it's his first time going to any professionally mm-hmm. produced like musical. What a great first right experience! I, I was like, this is perfect because he. Whenever we first met, he's like, I don't like musicals, and I was like, <laughs> oh boy, like I don't. <laughs> like them i am obsessed with like that is my world and so it's his first time and i am so excited to like bring him to this world and he's like do you have to dress nice i was like yes i was like not sunday nice but like just like like or no, night, I guess nice. it was like church church night he's like you can't say church anymore people don't it, it was a whole <laughs> thing but i think he's putting forth he's just as excited and like he made sure that he was off work because like he is into this band and i've gone to a couple of times to his shows and i enjoy it i like i enjoy it a lot but he's like well i want to just like do something that you want to do so we're working on it but i am Super excited. So I'm interested to see how he receives it tonight because mm-hmm. um, he's really only seen CYT shows or like these high school shows. He doesn't know what like professionally produced oh, wow. Broadway shows are. Um, and so I'm excited to be like, this is, this is what I, I'm talking about. This is yeah. where it comes from. Like the love of this. Um, so uh, yeah. Let I, us know how it goes. I would uh, like to hear how he, yeah. Yeah. I am very interested to see how he does. I think he's, excited and interested too it helps um, it helps because he'll know a lot of the music because it's mm-hmm. current and um yeah 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 he uh he was like whenever we talked about he's like i just don't understand why they just need to sing <laughs> and i was like well and i'm like going i'm like well the point of musicals is like whenever the emotion builds so high you just have to burst into a song i was like that's what that's what any song should be it, it, it's weird if it's not and like he's like i i just don't understand that uh so i'm with you be, tony very interesting. Well, that's why we do worship. You know, yeah. there's just some emotions that can only be handled by creative expression. Mm. Well, and it's really interesting because he talked to you. as like, I don't. So, and I figured this out about him in the four years that we've been together. He does not like music that has like lyrics. He listens to mostly mm. instrumental. Oh, we had jam this talk bands. one time, right? Like, yeah, like he doesn't like lyrics. And I've, I've talked to him about this because I, I read this thing that some people don't hear lyrics whenever they're listening to music. Like it's very hard for them to to understand what they're saying. Whereas I am very lyric driven because I listen to musicals mostly. Um, and so I, I'm very lyric driven. So it's this whole thing. So I'm, I'm just interested oh gosh, to see fun. if it, he likes it or not even with it being this musical. If I was taking him to like some avant-garde, like very niche Cats. musical, no. he, he might like it. <laughs> no. Uh, calm, uh, oh, maybe <laughs> just calm right. down. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> I would have been, but maybe he'll like this one. But we, we, but trying to get your significant others involved in this very like niche thing, it'd be like somebody trying to get me. I don't want to say nothing's wrong with it, like anime. Like I don't, I don't know anything about that. Uh, but I would try if I, if I, if they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would maybe learn it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's very hard to, to bridge that gap between your, this life that you've built with a lot of other people mm-hmm. and your significant other who you have a completely different relationship with. So I think I want to take, we, we don't have a lot of time left It man, this has gone so quickly. I think I want to take it, uh, change, change kind of the direction just a little bit yeah, go for, it. for, for you, Melissa, what, um, what was like in, what was like the thing that just when you saw it or you experienced it 
or you uh, heard it for the first time that just drove you to like the world of musicals and production and be like the stage side of like what was it? Yeah, um, I was seventeen. Uh, Jesuit High School did the best musicals in New Orleans. Um, this director, Sonny Bory, he was just the director to work for, and it was hard. He and Jesuits an all boys school, so it was really cool. And total sidebar, um, my first musical, <laughs> Leader of the Pack, was Harry Connick Jr.'s last musical at Jesuit. He was Whoa. just he was just the piano cool. player. He was a senior, wow. and he was graduating. Dang. Um, so I did a show with Harry Connick Jr. is what I like to say. But yeah, um, so leader of the pack. Um, the um, the number before intermission was this eight-minute number, collection of just 50s and 60s songs. I mean, um, uh, and we, can I say sucked? We yeah. sucked. We were awful. We were lazy. and Or we just like got tired and we, Sonny kept yelling at us and yelling at us. And um after one of the rehearsals, in our need for bonding for each other with each other and uh, commiserating, we all went to this drive-through down the street from Jesuit, and the song came on the radio. One of the songs came on the radio. Um, there she was, just a walking down the street, singing "Do I Did It." Okay, this is no joke. About five cars of all of us seniors stopped in the rallies parking lot drive through, <laughs> blared it, and did that number in the drive through. And so next time when we got on stage, we we it's like we had worked through boot camp together. Wow. Um, and that number just like elevated to the point where then everything else we just got chills, uh, you know. And so it, uh, something about that experience, I love finding that moment in any show because there's one that's why people write music is to move you um beyond what just words can do and i just love the creating of that feeling i guess that kind of brings us back full circle and the we don't reproduce the exact same experience but it's very similar Mm -hmm. over and over and over in each of those numbers or each of those shows that you were a part of Mm -hmm. i assume each one of those shows have one of those a, moments. In and it. maybe even a couple if yeah. you're lucky. Yeah. So what is it like um, from your side of the stage working with tech? Um, She's a dream. <laughs> I'm going to say that. She's a dream. No. <laughs> no, but my experience with tech, y'all, yeah. are, y'all are scary. No. <laughs> I believe it. All of y'all. All y'all are scary. Um, and... This is probably just me being totally self-conscious, but like, you know, like they have you in their ears and they're like judging everything that everybody's doing. It's like, can they just like take this seriously? And I wish they would put their mic packs back. And, you know, like, um, because it's, it is so distant. It's not like you're working with these people throughout the whole run of the show and getting to know them like you would the stage manager or the director and, and the music director. And so then these people come in who are, you know, the professionals that, that are going to try to make you better than what you are. Um, it's, it's a little intimidating. So, but I've been fortunate, um, that the people that I've worked with have, you know, I think have become friends because I, I work to, I do work to get to know people. I do. And, um, for people who are more intimidating, I work harder. <laughs> uh, for everyone I, listening, she I pointed at Maggie. I was like, I swear to God, Maggie, like my first encounter with you, it might've even been with Wit and Wit said, Oh, you're going to love Melissa. And, and you said, Oh, I warn you. I don't, you know, like we're probably not going to get to know each other. <laughs> and in my head, in my head, I was like, Challenge accepted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was something about hugs. I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't hug people. Oh, and people. I probably did, yeah. Uh, I, was like, mm. I was like, Maggie, hey! Yeah, it's, uh... No, but tech, I really respect what you do because I can't. That is something that my brain does not work that way. Um, I respect the, the craft of what you do, and I know that we have to work well together or the whole point is going to be pointless. Um, all the work will be for naught if we're not working together. Like mm-hmm. why your um, your Christmas production, Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah that I saw, um, uh, works so well is probably because y'all all work very well together. Not just your team on one side, but the team on the other side too. Front of your your boyfriend, front of house and back of house. They have got to work together. He's a kitchen, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Front of house and back of house. Yeah. They hate each other, but they've got to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you learn to build relationships so that it all, the, the, the common goal can happen because you do have a common goal. We're all just working at it very differently. Yeah. That's good. Well, also, I think the all y'all hear really is critiques from us. Like, you, you, from your directors and everybody else, you hear, like, great job. Like, you did. Hopefully. But we're, we're thinking it. We're But we're like, hey, she needs to find her life. Yeah. Like, the, the, to, to directors. And we don't we don't talk to you one-on-one, but it's usually through directors or stage managers. We're like, these are these are my notes. Like, is she gonna is she gonna move? Or yeah. Is she gonna find her life? If not, <laughs> she's not gonna find her life. Then I gotta move her life. Yeah. Like, I, so it's all critiques until you're you're done, and then we don't really get a chance to talk ever. And we know that that's, that's so your hard. job. We know that that's your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's so good that's, question though. I, okay, so my very first meeting of Melissa, I was side stage at um, uh, that movie went to we went to see before Christmas. West Side Story. West Side Story. That was my first see went CCT. Yeah, it's the first time I ever met her. It's her first show. I was just working side stage, stage right. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to anybody that I don't know because that's not who I am. I don't typically talk to people I don't know. But since that moment of Melissa just coming up and introducing herself to me and saying, hi, what's your name? I did. You did. You made, you were very intentional about coming and meeting the people, people that were working. Um, and it, awesome. And it was really cool. And because the, from there, you were in... Um, Singing in the rain for a little bit, but you had to mm-hmm. back out, and then you got Donna. And I will, I can absolutely say you've been the same person the entire time that I've known you, and just the way that you wanted in every person from the back, from the front of the house to the back, to know that they were valued and were Dang. were seen. Um, and so it's very cool, and it's kind of helped me be a little bit more intentional. About you can say hi to the person next to you because they need to know mm-hmm. that they are seen. So mm-hmm. you're awesome. very respectful to everybody. That's in a production, and it's, it's very much appreciated and seen. So. I'm trying. Thanks, Lynn. I'll also say, like, cool. tech loves whenever that happens. Oh, I don't want to say tech. I like whenever <laughs> happens because until that moment, you're just like something I'm lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, like, I'll get, I'm like, it's so say you're, you're center stage and I have this awesome look on you, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I did it to Mia before. I was like, Mia, you look amazing uh, in this, like, but you, until I meet you, you're just like, an obstacle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, until and to then, but once I meet you, I'm like, oh, like I, I, it's not like I'm more happy to. Yeah, like it you, elevates your work. It, it gets like me excited whenever you're excited. I can go and I, like I've I've come up to a couple actors before with permission from like directors. I'm like, can I, can I talk to them? They're like, yeah, and I'll say like, hey, this is this is the moment I'm trying to create so that you know because you can't see lighting, you can't, you yeah, know, you can't hear it, uh, and I'm like this. <laughs> This is a moment I'm trying to create, and if you can work with me yeah. on this, I, you're going to look amazing. Uh, and I love usually, that. people so, sometimes you get a little pushback, but most of the time, you're just trying to accomplish the same thing. Well, and that's why if we can build relationships, then because I, I think as actors too, if we don't get to know y'all, then um, y'all become tools to an actor like that that people can bark at, and I don't I don't like that. I, I even at church, um, I may stop there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in that boundary right there. <laughs> As wow. I just heard it, I just good heard it. Job. It That's happens everywhere. Oh, so good. Yeah. So no, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll round that one out. Now, what I will say is, oh, so good. Um, and some of the training that we do, you know, that we have found for specifically, it's house of worship training. But really, it's I think it's great. It's more grand than that and and just in this conversation there there's so much value to the teams on stage and off stage having a community mm-hmm. with each other because mm-hmm. it makes what we do so much better yes we can we can accomplish our job with excellence mm-hmm. with never te- speaking to each other mm-hmm. but when we can create a a bond and a community it may not be as tight as what's on the stage on either side right but by creating that, we we are like you said, coming together to create a greater good together, mm-hmm. not individually. And that's you know like these guys they 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 coach and they tell you like it, it as a sound engineer, if you go and you every week intentionally have a conversation with the people on the stage, 
it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. They're going to take your feedback. They're going to listen to you. They're going to commune with you. And it's going to, it's going to create, not that you know more than them, but you hear what they can't. Mm-hmm. And it's going to create a better product over time. For sure. And that's, I think that's really what I want to walk away with today, which is like, um, the bigger picture is, not just the production. Mm-hmm. It's the community. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the it's those it's those memories that will make forever that we may not be able to reproduce exactly the same, but the formula never changes. Mm-hmm. It's the intentionality. And the if I can yeah. It's making connections. And that's even connecting with yourself as doing your authentic job whether it's mine on the stage, somebody directing or in tech, in in tech, you're connecting to yourself and that elevates the energy when we're connecting to each other Mm. then it's like it's a spirituality but anytime you're connected it just elevates the energy and um spirit of the thing um like you said if we do our one job we can do it easily but when we do something together and we're connecting with each other then it becomes something more magical and more um yeah less tangible just more empowering i guess Man, so good. It gives me chills. It makes me excited for the next Because one. we're connecting, Jerry. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> All right. So we, uh, we, we, we need to land the plane here. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's so sad. Like, I'm always excited about these, and we get into it in good conversations. Like, we could talk for hours. Yeah, but awesome. we're going to land the plane, and uh, we, we try to wrap every episode with uh, asking our guests <laughs> To, to talk about their standby moment. And so this is the standby podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Melissa, would you share with us uh, a standby moment? And what that could look like is um, a moment of, uh, of showtime frustration where things aren't quite going the way, the way you want them to and you have to just sit and just review, contemplate what's going on, and then re- create a resolution but in that moment, you kind of see the people and community around you and say, I can do this. Or the flip side of that moment is, this is the coolest moment of my life. And these are the people around me, with me, doing it, and I never want to do it without them again. Mm-hmm. The other way, we refer to that as like a, like, like a defining moment. Mm-hmm. Do you have one of those you could share with us? I have a couple. Like The ego part of me, um, it's the Mama Mia moment um, when the crowd opens up and they're pointing at me. I mean, I, I, honestly, sure. but that's not going to be my moment. Cause that's like totally an ego moment. I got to admit. <laughs> I mean, like when that happened at rehearsal, when we first learned it, I was like, oh, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> but I, so that, that was a, a magical moment for me. But w- as you were describing, something's not going well, we've got to lean on each other. I have two. Can I do two? Yeah. Okay. Um, one was, um, hunchback that uh, CCT did a summer ago. Um, I was coming on for the last scene uh, and I got hit by a prop and I yelped and ended up on the floor. Um, And I literally don't know how I got to my spot, but when I came to... I, I tapped the person next to me and I was like, cause I, I, I knew I was not gonna be able to get up by myself and every, I mean, this is the finale and everyone is out there. And I, I grabbed Jessica, I think on this side of me and she had her hand already down. She knew I was down on the floor <laughs> and I was like, one person, I'm going to take you down. I was like, I need this person too. And I think that was Ian. And so I tapped him too. And he bent down and within a second they, and somebody had my armpits, like somebody was behind <laughs> me and it was like nothing had happened. And I stood there and just did the rest of the thing. And it, it was just beautiful. Cause we, we all worked really well mm-hmm. together as the congregants. Air quotes. Um, so, you know, you just, you learn to trust each other mm-hmm. so that it works. But the first one that came to my mind, Mama Mia, Stephen and I are singing SOS. It's just the two of us on stage. And my mic went out. Um, and I think this was on Burke. I don't mm-hmm. think it was on Gel. Um, and I, I went to the edge of the stage to sing as loud as I could. Burke is not that big. But as I looked to Stephen, he was getting ready, to, he was singing his part. And he knew that it was out. And so I, you feel like read my mind was happening. Um, and he just put his hand out and motioned for me to come to him. And I was like, I'm going to sing in his mic. <laughs> and so we ended up almost like nose to nose singing the rest of, for when you're near me, darling, can't you hear me? SOS. And I, I came out of his mic on his face. Wow. And I just remember the look on his face was like, 
come here, sing in my mind. I was like, <laughs> yes. It was like full trust. You know, he was there. I was like, okay, I think I see what you're saying. I'm going to trust it. And I came all the way over there. Yeah, it was awesome. And just so, so you know, Tech was probably like, get in his mic. <laughs> probably his mic. <laughs> yeah. like, get as close to him as possible. It, it did, and that did not even occur to me. None of it occurred to me. And then by, by the time I got off to the side, um, I don't know who was off, but like the other people were... <clears throat> battery packing me and replacing things and it, just the way people have to come together and stuff like that. It's just a beautiful thing to see, a fin- you know, to experience a finished production. It's just awesome. That's my theme, my moment. I love it. I love, love it. Well, this is really fun, guys. I, uh, so Melissa, good. thank you for joining us. I don't know what your expectations were, but I hope we met them and exceeded them. Exceeded. This was super fun. Thank what, you. Sweet. What shows are you in right now? Uh, Pippin at Abbey Players. Mm-hmm. And um, started rehearsal for nine to five at Wonderland. Oh, I got to come see both of those. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Seriously, thanks for taking time out of your day. Yeah, thanks for having me. All this it, really was fun. It, it was fun. This was so fun. Yes. Maggie, yes. it's good to see you. Doom, we don't see doom, each other very often anymore. Oh my gosh! But you call me every day. Well. Just so everybody knows, he has stuck to it. He has <laughs> called me every single day, uh, whether I answer or not. Yeah. <laughs> Are doing great. For those of who, uh, for those of you who did not catch that episode, Maggie left me and then she got mad at me because she said I didn't call her for a whole week. So I have started a, pushing me away, like you was talking about earlier. I had a standing, I have a standing reminder in my phone that says "Call Maggie today." <laughs> what time? It so does. Can... It's different times. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it it's uh, and and so I, I'm I'm fulfilling my commitment. I just don't want her to not feel like I love her anymore. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said I said you're pushing me away in this scenario. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Uh, so yeah anyway hey love you guys if you've if you've listened and you enjoy it uh tell somebody about it we uh we've really enjoyed doing this um uh we hope it's encouraging we hope you laugh uh well we we don't want you to cry unless you just want to cry we'll cry well you know we'll be there with you but no crying necessary you know crying (laughs) i'll cry with i'm a sympathetic crier so uh leave the room (laughs) she will uh so uh, we, we hope you enjoy it like it love it share it with folks uh, give us some feedback if you if you there's something you want to hear us talk about or somebody you, you think could be on the show with us let us know um, but until next time folks see you later bye, bye.